Welcome to Third Tuesday Conversation, the ELCA Youth Ministry Network's monthly podcast that focuses on the ministry with those in their first third of life and their families. Our goal is to engage in conversations that help you lead in your congregations and that point you towards new thinking, ideas, and resources for your ministry. I'm Elizabeth Pedersen. I'm Danica Olson. And I'm Adam Butler. Hello, 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 everybody. Hello. Welcome back. Yellow. 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 <laughs> sometimes it's, that's it how I feels. answer the phone sometimes. Yellow. <laughs> it feels good. It feels good to be back here in the uh, podcast universe. Yeah. I don't you know. Miss, I'm just like trying to get things. I'm just trying to get things going this morning. Come on. Let's. Oh, all right. Just, you know, if you could see me, I'm dancing. Is that what you call it? <laughs> I don't know. Come on, Danica. Join in. What's going on? Nothing? All right. Nothing. <laughs> wow. This this is is full so of, we are so full. Of, we're bringing the so energy good. this morning. This is so good. So good. Um, well, it is good to be back. It's good to be back chatting with you guys. And uh, I'm excited to um, talk about what we're talking about today, which is connection. Mm. connection. Um, we thought we'd do a little deep dive into this really important piece of ministry with young people and their families, especially as uh, we are, I think, feeling it in our ministry, the the power of connection, but also the power of disconnection. And, and so we're just going to explore a little bit of that today. Part of the reason that we are talking about it is because um, Recently, I I saw a video. It was a, a, one of the newer ones he posted. It was a TikTok, uh, be honest. It was a TikTok. It was. But it's also on Instagram. So if you follow Simon Sinek there, too, it's on both places. And it was it was recent, recently. So if you follow him, you probably saw it. It was a podcast episode he had with Christina Tosi, who is the, the founder of Milk Bar. So Yummy. if you've ever had any of those tasty treats. Um. But on the podcast episode, he was uh, talking about connection, but mostly in this little wonderful tidbit that I thought was really important for this and for ministry, uh, talking about that when we are hurting, when we are in darkness or despair, that we only need eight minutes with a friend to hold space with us to make us feel better. Right, not to fix everything, not to bring us completely out of it, not to uh, end our suffering, but just eight minutes with a friend to hold space with to make us feel better. And so he and some friends, um, people close to him, have a, a system now where if they are feeling that way, they can text each other and say, "Do you have eight minutes?" And that's the sign for the other person that like I'm hurting, and um, and they've committed to each other that that's when they show up for each other. And uh, Christina Tosi talked about the honor of being a friend who receives a text like that and um, the vulnerability it takes to be a, someone who sends that text. Um, and I just, I used it in a, a sermon recently and uh, got a lot of great feedback about that particular thing. Right. So like somebody else's stuff, but I always love when it's someone else's thing that I can, uh, put in front of people's eyes. Um, but just a lot of great uh, response from that of 
people realizing the power that they have in just a few short minutes mm-hmm. um, and how that could change their relationships and and change their perspective on on what it actually takes. And so to me, that's telling me right now that like people are desperate for connection and uh, the realization that it might be easier than they than they think is a powerful one right now, especially as it probably feels like we're still disconnected and still trying to find our way in, uh, you know, whatever this new world is. But so that that's just been on my heart. And I'm just trying to figure out like what that means for ministry and what that means for my own relationships and, and, and how that shapes life going forward for at least me and, and maybe my community here. Um, but wondering what you guys think about that and about connection and its power in our, in the work that we do. I mean, initially I'm already, I'm over here squirming because the idea of sending a text to somebody that says I need eight minutes of your time and what that means is, (laughs) that's scary and like so beautiful and powerful too. So I honestly, I will admit you told us that you might bring this up. I like started crying because. (laughs) <laughs> so I was like, oh, this feels a lot of feels. There's a lot of feels about this, yeah. which I I think, you know, goes to show how powerful and important it is too. You know, yeah, it's like it. It feels like a big. It feels like a big ask, right? I mean, even just thinking about the conversations or the texts that I have with friends, like that, like if it's more than five minutes, I got to move on. You know, but <laughs> but it's only eight minutes. You know, so it's it, it's like a big ask, but it's also only eight minutes. And that's mm-hmm. kind of the shocking piece of it. Yeah. I think the thing that I uh, am thinking about since you showed us this video is that like eight minutes is no time at all. Like I have eight minutes between this and that. I have eight minutes between waking and showering. You know, like I just think like there's there's sort of this misnomer that we have no time and that connection takes a lot of time. But if we're actually in real relationship and actually really tuned into each other, eight minutes is, is just not a lot of time, but makes a whole lot of difference. I was just thinking, (laughs) this is a dumb thing, but like, I was just thinking like, what do I do in my day that takes eight minutes? A lot of things, but also a lot of time wasted. Like, I waste a lot of eight minutes. Hmm. And what could happen if I sought connection in those eight minutes rather than Mm -hmm. Instagram or Netflix or (laughs) standing in front of the cupboard deciding what I'm going to (laughs) eat. I mean, like, we just waste so much time. Maybe I'm the only one. Maybe I'm the only one who wastes a lot think, of eight minutes. I think chunks. not. <laughs> okay. I don't think so. Thank you for offering me connection right there. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think even if we thought about ministry, if we actually gave someone eight minutes of undivided attention instead of like, oh, you know, I don't, I don't have time for this right now. Can you catch me at a different time? Well, then we just put it off. And maybe it could have been a connection could have been made, a problem could have been solved, a concern could have been heard. But then we spend 
a bunch of minutes worrying about what is the thing that they want to talk to me about or what is the thing that how am I going to help solve this or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That if we just took eight minutes to listen, how different it might turn out. Well, and thinking about it like that too could invite a reframe of how you understand your ministry too. Like, uh, you know, it, it's it's one thing to allow yourself to give eight minutes to the people in your ministry. And it's another to set up that framework of like, hey, I'm here to connect with you. You know, like that's that takes some work too. And, you know, we can focus on the bigger picture a lot of the times. And some of us, I mean, we have to do that with a significant chunk of the work that we do. Uh, and to think about our role as those micro connections too and how do you then set up your the people in your ministry to be able to come to you for those micro connections you know like that's mm. it's opening yourself up to that piece so that the people know that you're someone they can come to first for that too is another thing yeah when i'm doing a uh, premarital counseling i talk with most of the couples that i'm marrying about receiving and granting forgiveness, right? There's a piece of it, like asking for forgiveness and receiving someone's forgiveness. And then like, you also have to be a person who grants forgiveness, right? Even when it's hard to do it, you got to be someone asks for it and is, and, and is wanting to receive it, working through whatever it is you're doing, and then actually granting forgiveness to be able to like, get over that, that hump of what's between you two. Um, and I think the reason I'm thinking of that is because I'm thinking about receiving and granting connection, right? As you're both mm-hmm. talking, there's there's a piece here of we have like the the key to what Simon Sinek is talking about is that we not only grant eight minutes, that we each have eight minutes, right? That like we find it in our days or we waste it away doing other things, but also we have to be people who like who receive eight minutes or like ask for eight minutes, right? That that we can't just assume that everybody doesn't have that for us. And I, I think that is a huge issue in the way in our relationships and in the way that we interact with each other is we just assume no one has time for us. No one's got time to listen to this thing of of mine right now. And And maybe that feels true if you just call someone out of the blue, but this this kind of thing that breaks down that wall is is asking for something specific, right? And maybe your system won't be, do you have eight minutes? But maybe it's maybe it's you've you've set something up within your key relationships that people know when you're asking for something important. Um, so it doesn't feel like when you call, someone doesn't have time, or when you text, it's not they're not ready for you. Something along those lines. Because I think we do a lot sitting in front of our phones wondering if the person on the other side actually has time and energy for this. And so then we just keep it to ourselves, keep it inside, don't let it go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And it, I think it drives us deeper into disconnection and, and, you know, playing those games, making things up about what, what kind of connection we do or don't have with that, that person. And so I, I think it's really important to not only be people who are able to grant that time and space for people, to feel those things and to be made to feel better, uh, but also to be bold and vulnerable with each other, to to be the ones that are asking to receive that time and not being apologetic about it. 
because mm-hmm. that's what actually creates that really good kind of connection. My therapist would have something to say about that. <laughs> oh, is that oh, is that right? She, well, no, I would th- she agree? <laughs> she would agree in in <laughs> that uh, you know, the only way to get our needs met is to take responsibility for our needs, right? Yeah. That like if we if we sit there and wait around for people to see us or step into our life or be, you know, attuned to us, then I mean, chances aren't super high that you're going to get it or get it in a way that is fulfilling, right? And so to take responsibility for the needs that you have, which are valid and good and, you know, okay, it's okay to have the needs, um, you need to advocate for yourself to get them met. The thing I'm wondering about during this conversation is, while it's good and important for those of us who are in ministry to be that person, maybe for someone else, I think it's bad boundaries to put it out to your congregation if you think they're going to serve that need for you. Oh, yeah, right. Like, but but we've all we've all <laughs> we've all seen it happen in ministry where the line gets blurred. I mean, I think what we're talking about is authentic mutual connection in which the giving and receiving is on the same plane. Mm. Right? That like it gets muddy if well, it gets gross <laughs> if a youth worker assumes that a kid can hold their stuff. Right. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, so so I want to just say, throw that out there as a part of this conversation is that that is not actually what we're talking about. We're 100%. talking about in our interpersonal, real life, non-ministry tethered <laughs> relationships, this yoking of giving and receiving. And I would say you're right. And I think that's why that's why ministry is exhausting sometimes and why it mm. it feels like it takes life is because that connection a lot of times does is not reciprocal for good yeah. reason yep. right that yep. we have time and space to give to people for this kind of this kind of connection mm-hmm. and it either cannot or does not go go the other way and that's why it can be so exhausting and, and and of course that's the reason why we have the network that's the reason why we have our peer groups that's where the reason why we try to connect with other people doing this or just have good relationships and community within our own lives so that we do have a place to go when we need it also yeah um but that's why it's exhausting Danica you were totally right is because it can't and shouldn't go the other way yeah. uh, but still, can be what we offer to other people. It just may, it just highlights the importance that we find it somewhere else yeah. and the, our necessity for it because we are all humans who need it. The beautiful thing I think about you preaching about this is that it demonstrates to the people in our congregation that they can find that connection within the congregation, like or outside or whatever. But that um, if we're doing ministry in an impactful way, we're inviting people to connect with other people. And so the fact that a whole bunch of people heard you say this at the same time might spark something in them to go, huh, 
maybe this person isn't just the the person I share a pew with. Like perhaps our connection could be different. How do I let someone know that I'd offer them eight minutes? You know, that's the ideal scenario for sure. Right. That it, that, that we work ourselves out of it in a lot of instances Yes, while still being available for it. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the dream of ministry is that you've equipped and empowered people to do it themselves and to be that for other people. Right. Right. I mean, it's about cultivating the space where people don't have to feel like they need to put a mask on to show up. Right. I I mean, for sure. We want our churches to be spaces where people can feel seen and known for who they are, not for the, you know, shell they have on the outside. I, I mean, easier said than done, right? I mean, even as staff people, we have to, well, that's the, that's the tricky part, right? Because we shouldn't go looking for uh, our needs to be met in that space. And so in some ways, we do have this boundary up where, you know, we had we can be seen and known to an extent and we can't fully bear all of our stuff to a congregation. So that's that's a tricky balance, right? To be like, well, this is a place where I want you to show up in this way, but I'm not going to do that. Um, Which, you know, just is what it is. Doesn't mean it's not possible. I think, though, that it depends on the role that you have in a church. Because I think the most impactful sermons, the, the places where I have been moved both literally and figuratively, is when the pulpit is used as a place of vulnerability, hmm. right? That like there is something about shared humanity that happens in a preaching or teaching place. And that like when we model authenticity and sharing vulnerability, I mean, all you have to do is if if that happens in a sermon, stand at the back of the church while the pastor shakes hands and every person has, you know, a connection to say me too, or, yeah, you know, so I, I think there are ways of doing it in a congregation that model it in the very best ways. But like you said, Adam, a really good reminder that that is not relationship. That is not authentic connection. If the eight minutes isn't, mutual. Does that make sense? Like you you can model vulnerability and someone can share that back with you, but that doesn't mean that they're your person or that you're going to text them in the middle of the night saying, I need eight minutes. <laughs> yeah. I think that's a that's the difficulty of, of ministry and it, and it always has been and it will remain that way is the way that we build connection with the people in our congregations. And there are certain, there have certainly been many instances where people have assumed connection that, that they should not have. And other places where people have just found connection uh, with someone in their congregation that has been really authentic and has gone beyond just that, you know, worker or like employee of the church and, you know, congregation member. In my experience, though, it has like any time that that has that relationship has felt more authentic and felt deeper than, you know, just kind of the standard uh, connection of pastor and and uh, lay person. There has always been a place and a time where that falls apart, sometimes in really 
gross and awful ways. And sometimes just in, in the realization that like, oh, this, this can go about as deep as it can go. And then, and then at the end of the day, if I want to leave this place or if I like am feeling something in my personal life, like I just can't give that to you because you can't, (laughs) you can't hold that for me. Hmm. And, um, that doesn't, I would, I would say, I would push back a little bit on saying that, that, that it makes it inauthentic, uh, uh, connection, because I do think that we have the ability to have a, a unique and different kind of connection, but, but still authentic. Yeah. But you're right that it, that in almost all times, there is something, there's a place that you can't go. Yep. And that's just part of this. And again, that's what adds to the, sometimes the exhaustion and, and burnout of it is mm-hmm. feeling like you're giving, you can go that place. You're like, people can go that place with you because you've offered that space and it can't go the other way because it, it doesn't have a place to live with, with them. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't think that makes it inauthentic either. I mean, I, I, I mentioned my therapist, my therapist can be emotionally attuned to me and absolutely can offer that authenticity to me and what I'm needing from her. But, you know, obviously it's not reciprocal there. And then, so it's her responsibility to find the other places where she can get what she needs. You know, that I don't think that takes away from, you know, the authenticity of the connection or how, or the function of the connection, you know, I don't think takes anything away from that, but still important to say <laughs> yes, that there, there's a difference. There are limitations yeah. in some instances. Yeah. Yeah. It always, it always hits. And just again, in my experience, it always hits a place where, like you said, a level of it that just, it can't go beyond that point. And, mm-hmm. and your, our, your hope in, in true authentic connection the places where you do have that that space, your hope is that you have people in your life where you can talk about those things without without feeling that there's any barrier to get to the place where you need to go to to feel better. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it it makes the ministry part unique. I'm really glad that you brought that piece up, Danica, because I think that unearths something for me in my own ministry leadership of like, yeah, I've got eight minutes up and down the day. Mm-hmm. And that give that gives me some life in ministry, but also like maybe I don't have eight minutes back to back to back to back <laughs> because yeah. then I have nothing left within me for for the connection or for myself, right? Mm-hmm. That's what that's what can create big holes in your spirit and your life. Mm-hmm. I do also think it is important to say that while on the one hand, you know, there are boundaries that are important to hold. On the other, you know, we're not, I hope that we're not making a claim that all people in ministry, especially, you know, people in youth ministry need to walk super deep into stuff with people where they're not, where they don't feel comfortable or not trained in, you know, we're not asking you to be therapists or or handle some stuff that feels over your head. I think there's a difference between honest vulnerable connection and something that is beyond what we can and should be asked to do, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a really good conversation. I think it leaves me thinking about connection, not only with other people, but our connection and our connectedness to God. And that how is it that we offer eight minutes to God and vice versa? That like, I don't know about you, but sometimes it, it falls to the very end of my list or places that I would go for connection. 
which that's another episode. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, just, just thinking about how that also gets modeled by us, that that's the first place we go. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. And thinking about the space that you create for, for God to listen, Mm. because that's the desire of God to be close to us in this stuff that we experience in our life and to be close to us in our hurt and our pain so that we can be brought up out of it. And so it's important for us to find it in our personal lives to to talk to God in that way. And also, I think a really powerful place to find God is in these connections and that it's it's good to do this for one another in the safe, right, good, sacred ways because I do think that's where we find God living, but 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 to not eliminate the power of just speaking directly to God, and that's a that's a great connection piece too. And like you said, probably not utilized as often enough. So that's great stuff. Well so, done, team. I would also say that you know it is clear that all of us are looking for and and wanting connection needing connection in our life to navigate all the things, right? And so if this is a focus of all the people, um, maybe, how does God come into play there? And and how are we engaging the desire for connection for people in their faith and how they connect to God? And so that's another piece. I mean, we've seen in in some of the research out there, and I'm I don't I haven't I didn't do any pre work to know be able to point you to direct research, but I've seen research, okay? Um cite your sources, please. <laughs> that our young people really are seeking connection with God, that an authentic faith is a value of our young people. And um, so I think it all relates. It all relates. Totally. Before we go, here are a few quick announcements and reminders. The next Oasis webinar is coming up in just a couple of months. If you're a plus level member of the network, the cost is included in that membership. Our special guest teacher will be Stephanie Caro from Ministry Architects. The topic is post-pandemic volunteers. It's a weird phase, right? She'll be talking about how we recruit, support, thank, and retain volunteers in a world where volunteerism has turned upside down. The date is April 18th at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can register at elcaymnet.org slash oasis. The cost for non-network members and basic level members is $25. Thanks to all of you who are members of the network. Your membership makes things like Third Tuesday Conversation, our mobile app, and Connect Journal, Faith Formation Co-op, Extravaganza, and much, much more possible. If you're not a member of the network, we encourage you to join. If you are, double-check to make sure your membership status is up to date. You can do so by logging into the website and clicking on your name at the top to see your account status. We're grateful to be a community that cares for this ministry. Thanks so much for listening. New podcasts will be released on the third Tuesday of every month. Be sure to subscribe so you receive them as they come out. And please share it with your friends. Finally, thanks to Paul Amlin, the 3TC producer, for his work. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.